Who's hungry? <laughs> not, not that hungry. How's the fast going? So last week we had a tremendous move of the Holy Spirit and, and uh, went on afterwards and, and in our worship, in our time of worship, the Lord impressed on me and put in my heart to sort of call a fast. Um, can iemand go there by the door? Kijk, here come, come kinderkies in. The Lord impressed on me to call a fast um, of, of media and entertainment uh, for the sole purpose that we become hungry for the Lord again. That we become hungry for His presence and hungry for what He wants to do. Because it's, all of us have a hunger. Allemaal van ons is honger. Nee? Our physical bodies need food constantly. But our spiritual man needs nourishment constantly. That is why he gave us the bread of life. So we're all hungry. And what the enemy has now done is he has given us loads and loads and loads of counterfeits. Things that seemingly satisfy but never truly leaves us satisfied. It actually does the opposite. So for us, for two weeks, just having the self-control to take yourself away from eating the junk food of the world, hopefully you're starting to see an increase in your hunger for God and even in your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. I can testify that this morning I'm more sensitive to the Holy Spirit than I was last week this time. I've spent a lot more time in His Word. I've spent a lot more time in, in, in books that edify my spirit and that I've actually the Holy Spirit has led me this week to for the rest of this year in my alone time whatever to focus just on Him just on the Holy Spirit to get to know Him to really get to know Him and so each one of us will have a different journey we'll have something else but these kind of things happen when you decide to eat the right kind of things so I'm asking <laughs> Do you feel and see an increase in your hunger yet after you have uh, decided to take a break from junk food? And uh, it's that's it's moeilijk. For me, is Facebook and like this gaat moeilijk. I will need the sport good check. I will scores weet. In ja, ik weet niet of we naar vandaag reizen of niet reizen niet. Maar uh, gelukkig niet. <laughs> maar ik wil heel tijd kijken wat het gebeur en verstaan. Maar het is, daar is niks fout aan mee It's not sinful or anything like that. We must just be wary of what satisfies us. So that is where we come from, come from last week. So last week, actually for the past few weeks, the Lord has been like really moving in this in, in us and with us and, and putting us in a direction and there's been a flow and last week was awesome. I don't know. I don't last week. But we just We just kept on worshipping, coming before the Lord and just, just didn't want to stop. Just didn't want to stop. And I felt the same this morning. We could just go on and on. Just worshipping Him. That's like, 
And um, in me was also this fear building up of, Lord, what are you doing? What, what is he me bezig hier so? And do we have what it takes to steward it correctly and, and, and to protect it correctly and, and to guide it correctly so that we don't mess up what you want to bring? That, that is like a real fear if, if you are a church leader. Meeste mense kan nie kom en sê, ja, oh, kijk, kom ons geniet het en wat ook al, but, but uh, at the end of the day, the Lord is going to come before me and He says, okay, I've done, I've brought this movement to your church. I've, the Holy Spirit has come and He's released something and you messed it up. I don't want that. So I was praying early one morning. Verschillige lekker weer buiten en ek gaan so my buiten toe en ek gaan bid op buiten en goed. About all this, what the Lord is doing and with this fear in my heart. And very simply, he just brought me back to just a very simple truth and simple one thing. He says, as long as you seek me, you will not go wrong. As long as you seek my face. Don't seek the power, don't seek the manifestations, don't seek the, you know. And this week in one of our groups, there was the whole discussion about one of the manifestations and you know, people are oor and weer and all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, it's not about those things. It's about Him. It's about seeking Him, seeking His face. We're all seeking revival. But why? <laughs> I'll always, always ask this question. I'll do it for the rest of my life. I'll ask the question, Why? Because if I understand why, I can understand purpose. I can understand what the Lord is doing. Why do you want us to have revival? And for me, there is only one purpose that the Lord has for us. To be conformed to the image of His Son. If we seek Him, and we look in His face, there Colossians 3.10 says, See, say, um, put on your new, your new, um, yeah, not your new nature. Put on your new nature as you become like Christ, or you you become like paraphrase now. as you come to know Him, this is what I will say. As we come to know the Lord intimately the natural thing will be is that we will become like Jesus. We don't need to learn how to do anything else. We don't need to learn how to do church. We don't need to learn how to be a good Christian. In fact, God does not like those kind of things. That's religion. Religiosity. Afrikaans sê dit baie mooi, Godsdienstigheid. Hy soek nie godsdienstige mense nie. He seeks people that love him and seek him and live him and live out of him. So the wet Geringer and I um, took our kids to Konikontes on Friday for a, for a sleep over there. Fishing and all kinds of stuff. And then early Saturday morning I woke up and uh, just sat there next to the dam with the word and just spent time in 
in this. And I, as I was reading this, I was convinced that the Lord wants, wants us to spend time in Romans 8. Because Romans 8 tells us what revival is all about. <laughs> it's about Christian lifestyle. It's no use coming to church and having this wonderful time in the presence of the Lord and having hours and hours and people don't want to leave the church like we've seen. Where am I at? I love that. I love it. I love the, what the, the Spirit is doing and that people are drawn to His presence and all that. But unless the, what comes out of that is that they go and they physically live in the Spirit and out of the Spirit, it means nothing to them. It was just something that they will say one day, well, I was work there. So when Paul reads or writes Romans 8, he writes about the, 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 the manifestation of the Spirit, but he's not even with the manifestations that we are wanting to see in revival, like the tongues and the words of prophecy and, uh, and those kind of stuff. He's that lifestyle. How is the Holy Spirit changing your life? How is he changing the way you do life? And that is the question. Because if we don't get there, then it helps nobody, nothing. Verstaan jylle? Dan is ons net weer consumers van die Heilige Gees. We don't want to be consumers just because it's lekker. There's that word again. So let's read, let's read Romans 8. 1 to 13, like this, not there, you're going in your own Bibles, you let us Bibles. No, you must follow. And then we'll just unpack it. As the Holy Spirit leads, we can't always just come by 17 or what call me, but let's go as far as we can and go. So Romans 8, 1 to 17 says, So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. Come Kom en stop uit gauw Wie het al hierdie vers gekoot? There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Wie het weer nog gekoot? Voor homself, voor ander. And on many times it's sort of like an excuse for like, jy kan maar in die vlees wees, because there is no more condemnation. Jy kan maar dwekie doen, jy kan maar mens wees. Because... Jesus took away all your sin and He paid for everything. He made you right before God. There's no condemnation for me. One day when I stand before God, I'll stand before Him and say, not guilty. Therefore, it's fine. Weet al iets van daar in sy hart gehad? Ek het al. So let's read on. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Those two need to be put together. Now this word power, I just want to say, can also be translated law. The law of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the law of sin that leads to death. And I presume he is not yet referring to, because a little bit later he does refer to the law of Moses, actually in the next verse. But now he is talking about the law as in power, which means like the law of gravity. 
which means like something that has been put in place by God that will naturally happen every time. It's like stimulus and response. Nee? As ek van Michael so gaan druk en hom gaan klap, maar gaan hy my terugklap. Stimulus and response. En hy gaan my op my boude klap, dat ek val, want hy is a groot sien. If I throw something up in the air, what goes up? That's a law. The law of gravity. And so in nature we see all these laws that happens. If this thing happens, the other thing must happen. It cannot be broken. The law of gravity cannot be broken on earth. Actually anywhere, there's just no gravity anywhere else. So if you leave space, but if there were space, it would, the law would still apply. So the law of gravity, for instance, I'm understand the law of gravity, cannot be broken. It will always be like that. It's not something that God said that sometimes if you throw a rock in the air, it will come down. And so it is in the spirit realm. The law of sin and death means that if you sow destruction, you will reap destruction. It's a law. It, is, it will happen like that. It's not that God decided that jy word nou gestraf. It could have been different. It is something that, put, that is put in place by God to govern all things, seen and unseen. And then he says, I give you my will. The law says that if you follow his will, the law of, of in terms of the law of gravity, the law says if you follow this, good things will come. Because I've put it in place like that. Verstaan jylle? Nee? So there are two laws that this verse says. There is the law of the spirit, the life-giving spirit. So the law is, if I follow this spirit, it will never ever happen that death and destruction will come to me. It cannot. Because God has placed that as a law. I can never be obedient to the Holy Spirit and it will not work out for me. It's impossible. Because it's a law. And the other way is, I can never follow my flesh. And it will not lead to death and destruction. It's a law. That is the way God has put it. That's the way everything operates. That's why you see good people receiving, or bad people receiving good things when they start doing good stuff. When they operate within this law, then they will reap the benefits of it. And that's the danger of people following and preaching the principles without preaching God. Where what I say? There are churches or there are people that that preach the principles. Follow the principles. Do this, do that, do that, so that you can receive and receive and receive. But you're making the principle God. Oh, very dangerous. Actually, you're making yourself God <laughs> because you're doing it just to receive the benefit. 
It's all about you. In Deuteronomium 30, sê God baie duidelik vir Israel, hy sê, See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. I set before you. Hier is twee maniere om te loop. Two ways to live. Life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him and to keep His commandments, His decrees and His laws. Then you will have the life and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land and um, you entered into possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to the other gods and worship them. Now, this is not a problem. Weet enige beeldkies in sy huis van ander goede wat hy elke aand gaan bykie gaan aanbid en so. Anybody here? Any, any Buddhas or Hare Krishnas or beeldkies or anything in your home that you say, okay, I must just, every day I must just quickly bow down before that thing because it keeps me. None of us. Okay? So now we think, okay, this doesn't apply to me. I read a, in a book last week something about idols and this person said, uh, Ken Sandy, he said, anything you rely on to give you fulfillment and joy and any sense of life or provision, anything other than God that gives you those things is an idol. If you give in to those things and you rely on anything other than God, that thing is a God to you. You are bowing before that thing. And this is the result. If your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away and bowed down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. Now God is not saying, there's your straf. He's saying that is how it naturally is. That is how the law works. Jesus teaches about this same. If you sow destruction, you will reap destruction. Nee? Kom eens gaan aan vers 3. So now, the law of Moses. So he says, God has put these laws in. And because people don't understand the spiritual laws, because they don't have the Holy Spirit back then to reveal to them how this works, to reveal to him then the law of life and the law of death. Like we learned the law of gravity in school, the Holy Spirit didn't teach the law of life and death to the Israelites. So God had to come and He had to put this law on a tablet. And He says, this is what the law of death looks like. If you steal, if you murder, if you covet, if you lie, if you go on and on and on. These are all things that will lead to death and destruction. 
And then he goes, if you trust me, if you put your life in my hands, if I am your God, if you follow me, if you follow my commandments, if you do what I tell you to do, then life will happen. Laws. It's not something that can be broken or not. It is there. It's set in stone. (laughs) That was a joke. A pun. But now 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, Wacht, kom ons gaan jy na ander versie toe. 2 Corinthians 3 vers 6 sê, He has enabled us to be ministers of this new covenant, and this is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. This old written covenant ends up in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. Dit sê net weer vir ons, ons en ek een bykie terug, sê vir ons, if you try to follow the covenant of the written law, you do not have what it takes yet to hold that law, and therefore what will naturally happen is death. It cannot be, dit, dit was fysisk onmoendlik, daar sou nie so'n persoon kon wees, that could keep this law that Moses has written down. No such person has ever existed apart from Christ. Quite simply, because if you don't have the Spirit, this is very important, if you don't have the Spirit, you don't know the law of the Spirit. voor die raadbroers nie die law of lift uitgefigur het nie. No one knew about the law of lift. Nee? Until the Holy Spirit came and gave the law of the Spirit, no one could operate in it. They, could, they only had the law of Moses. But they did not have the inside info <laughs> to live in the law of the Spirit. And that's why Jesus had to come. And I'll listen to 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We could be made right with God through Christ. He came and He switched places with us completely. And it's because we are right with God, because we have been made righteous, we must... This, hier is seker een van die belangrijkste pieces of identity that you can receive in your Christian walk is that you have been made righteous. If you do not believe that you have been made righteous, you will never accept that the Spirit of God can live in you. Because the Spirit of God can only live in a pure vessel. Because He's God. That's why we need the forgiveness of the sins. That's why we need the Holy Spirit comes and He lives in a pure vessel. You have been made righteous through Jesus Christ who has taken your sin upon Himself. 
Dus soos Michael het een wit hemd aan, en net allemaal wat wit hemde het, kan die Heilige Gees inwoon. Ek het een swart hemd aan, en mense met swart hemde kan nie. Nou kom Michael, hy sê, oké, okay, trek jy my wit hemd aan, ek vat jou swarte. Qualified for the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you. There is not one believer who have been washed by the blood of Christ, who have been born again, that does not qualify for the Holy Spirit to come and live in His fullness in Him. Not one. There's no disqualification if you are in Christ. Therefore, there is no condemnation. Verstaan jylle? That's why I needed to say that. Nog een vers wat al bykie dieper drijf. Hebrews 2 says, Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, vol sonde, vol iniquities, vol alles wat verkeerd is, vol die drange van die wereld en die drange van die vlees. The Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Do you see that until Jesus Christ died, and he broke the power of death, he broke the power of the devil, there was only one way for us to go. There was only one way for you. Death and destruction. Kan ek een glas water kry? Death and destruction. It's not because you're bad, it's not because you're not good enough, it's not because God has not been good to you, or that He's chosen someone else instead of you. It's the way it is. <laughs> it's the way, it's the law of death. Every single person until Christ going down. The law says so. But now Christ has come. So I had now not gejok to have said that law cannot be broken. Because Christ has broken the law of death and destruction. Christ has broken the law of death and destruction that says because of us it is Super belangrijk. If the law then says that whatever you sow, you will reap. Oh my goodness. Wie van ons kan net op grond van die wet? En as ek, as ek sê wet, vergeet op die oomlik nou van die tien geboeie en die goed. Praat van the, the power. Op grond van the law of death and destruction. Wie van ons kan ons handen opsteken en sê, ek is vry van dit. Halve Jesus uit die prentje uit, halve, verstaan, wie kan sê, that, that doesn't apply to me because I only do good. I only sow good. I only sow good seed. I only think pure thoughts. I never swear at anybody in my mind. I'm never uh, kort van draad. Uh, short-tempered. Who can say that? 
Jere, help. En dit precies is 1 Corinthians 7, where Paul says, when I, when I want to do this, I do that. And when I want to do this, I do that. And then he says, who can help me from this? He says, thanks be to God. Jesus Christ has set me free. So Jesus came and he broke that law in each one of us. That by the power of death and destruction, all of us were supposed to be going to death and destruction. But now Christ has come. And he has set us free from the power of death and destruction. But now he has not only set us free for freedom's sake, (laughs) Galatians. He has set you free so that you can live according to the Spirit of God. You can live in step with the Spirit. So that not, you're not just only free, but now you can live in something new. He has now put something inside of us that says that when now I give you the seed. Isn't that beautiful? Ons gebruik a versie wat sê, God provides seed to the stower. Ons praat van, ons denk ons, ja nie, hy sal vir my my tiende gee wat ek moet gee. Hy sal vir my, hy sal voorsien dat ek kan vir ander mense help met geld. That's not the only seed that God is calling us to sow. If you need a seed of love, the Holy Spirit has given you the seed of love. If you need the seed of patience, the Holy Spirit has given you the seed of patience. If you need the seed of joy, the Holy Spirit has given you the seed of joy. If you need the seed of gentleness, He's given you the seed of gentleness. If you need the seed of kindness, He's given you the seed of kindness. If you need the seed of self-control, He's given you the seed of self-control. He has given us what we can sow so that we can reap the same. It's a new law. Vrijdag ochend by ons manne ochend groepie, toe ons so gesels, toe drop die Heere in my hart, praat ons weer van revival en goed. Toe drop die Heere in my hart, revival is not something to be received. It's, wat het ek gesê? Ja, dit is iets om uit te, it's something that you need to live out, that needs to, to come out of you. Ek het, ek het, dit was een baie mooi lijntje wat die Heere van gegeven, dat ek blijk waar nie nou kan aan doen nie. But the essence of it is, don't wait for revival. Be revival. He has provided. Through the Spirit. But now, still set before us, as believers who have been freed from it, He still sets before us life and death. The only difference is that we have received life, so that we can live in it. Romanus says, inside, outside. And it's not unfair. It's not unfair of God to expect of you to live according to the way of the Lord, to live in step with the Spirit and to look like Jesus. It's not unfair. Because He's given it to you, to me, to us. Och, So, ons gaan net gauw terug, ons is by vers 4. <laughs> so, ons het nou gelees, And the body God de- uh, declared an end to the sins control over us by giving His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. And dan sê vers 4, He did this, that the just requirement of the law 
would be fully satisfied for us. See my translation. Fully satisfied for us. Who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Now the thing about following is that you can decide to follow or not to follow. Ne? He's not saying that for those who are dragged along by the Spirit. He's not saying for those who have no choice, but if it only was like that. Jesus, I'm look, people, Jesus is here. For all that he ends up. Yes, that's all I have yes. Yes. Imagine you have someone who is glad to like you. I can't help you. I love you. Yeah, that's all cool, yes. But every single day, Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, you will deny yourself and take up your cross. See, in ons sit staar so vast in die tyk op die kras gedeeld, dat ons sê, ja, dis al die swaargeet wat my gebeur, en so, elke huis het sy kruis. Nee, dit gaan maar swaar met amal. Is moeilik, lewe is moeilik. Ek het een vriend wat wil sê, jy, die lewe is taf, ou. Hy sê, deny yourself. Deny yourself and take up your cross. Because you can only follow the flesh which is bound to the law of death and destruction or you can follow the spirit which is bound by the law of life. But you get to choose daily and momentarily to follow. And revival is when we start to follow the law of the spirit in everything we do and daily in everything we do. So notice by verse 4, they say, he did this so that the just requirement of the law will be fully satisfied for us who no longer live, uh, uh, follow the sinful nature, but instead follow, I can not go, there's a klein bit of a side turn, we gaan dalk nie dier die hele 17 gaan nie, maar Jesus het hierdie statement een dag gemaakt, en is baie confusing vir baie, I say that don't misunderstand why I have come. See, I have come not to abolish the law of Moses, but to fulfill the writings of the prophets. No, I have come to accomplish their purpose. See, the New Living Translation. And the New say, I have come to fulfill the law. Here is a reference from that in Paulus. He has come so that the law might be fully satisfied for us. We must know that if the law is not satisfied for us, just what I need for delegate, you cannot be in God. You cannot be in the Spirit if the law is not fully satisfied in you. Because it's the law. <laughs> it cannot be different, it cannot be broken. God does not bend the rules for some. <laughs> it's the same for all. 
And the law says that if you have sin, that you cannot be in His presence. You cannot be one with Him. You cannot be of... Goeie voorbeeld. Iemand kan jou die Heilige Geest gee, maar as jy hom nie drink nie, gaan daar niks gebeur nie. Ek staan al vir die ure met die glas in my hand, en ek kan nog eerst lekker vang. If you, as ek van my story cannot receive the Spirit if the law is broken in you. If you have broken the law, there's die wet. You cannot be in God's presence. That is why Christ had to come to satisfy the law for us. And then said Paulus, therefore, if the law has been satisfied by Christ, actually it's not Paulus, it's the scriber of Hebrews, Hebrews, then there is no more law to satisfy. You now live according to a new law, the law of the Spirit. Galatians 4, verse 24, let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. Nee, so dat ek nou net verduidelik het, that before we had the Holy Spirit to come and reveal the will of God to us, we had no chance of knowing the will of God. No person had the chance of knowing the will of God until the Holy Spirit came and that's why He had to give them the written Law on stone. But it served as a guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. Ek wil nie nou hierdie maak oor betrisme en daargeters nie. This is not what this message is about. This message is about what we can live in. We can live in the law of the Spirit and through the law of the Spirit and with the law of the Spirit and empowered by the law of the Spirit. Because God has broken the law of sin and death. Kom, ons gaan net tot nog een vers. See, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about the things that please the Holy Spirit. This is revival. <laughs> revival is when the body of Christ wakes up so, that every single morning, I'm not concerned about what I will eat and what I will drink and how I will pay my bills and how I will, whatever. I'm not concerned about the things of this world. Let the flees worry oor die goed. Jesus actually says in Matthew 6 that unbelievers worry about things like that. Oof! As jylle my hier wil uitjaag en my gaan steenig. The Bible said so. Unbelievers are concerned about things like that. 
En het zou so easy voor ons te reason, maar wat van mij? Ik ken dit. Alles was baie makkelijk tot de kinders gekryd. Nou, wie gaan vir hulle pap gee? Waar gaan die goed vandaan kom? The fact is, the word says, that those are the things that concerns the flesh, not the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. En dan as jy gaan lees in Galatians 5, 19 tot 25 tot 23, then very clearly he explains to you what does the sinful nature think about. Nee, moet ons het lees. Sinful nature when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. What van selfish ambition? What van dissension? Division. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. And that this is now the seed that I spoke about just now that He has placed in you. Eh? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are now, there's no law against these things. Colossians 3 verse 1-3 says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Is it possible? Yes. <laughs> Wat a geheim gee Jesus vir ons? In Matthäus 6. Jesus gives us this, he gives us this gem of a way of life. Say it. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And these things will be added. These things that you worry about, these things that you don't know how it's going to come, these things. Imagine a revival that by the end of it, I don't have to worry about my supper, <laughs> where I will eat, where I will stay, how I will pay my bills. Not because it's not a reality anymore in the world. It will always remain a reality in the world. Jesus said, you will always have the poor with you. In other words, the world will always be in a reality. 
poverty will always be a reality. But the Lord challenged me a few years ago by asking me, what is my reality? What's His reality? How does He see things? Is there anything that He cannot do? Is there any way that He cannot provide? Is there anything, is there any illness that He cannot heal? By the way, I had a dream God. Is there anyone here who has to go to operation? Now, in a short Ek het gedroom, ek bid vir iemand wat is kouwe operatie moet ondergaan. So if it's you, steek op jou hand, <laughs> met die anders kouwe. <laughs> en aan daar die tyd kan jy die ene gebruik. <laughs> so you don't miss it, if you, okay, I'm putting it out there. Seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. For me that's revival. Ons sal volgende keer moet aangaan, gaan lees net so lang Romeine 8, lees dit paar keer. It's, it's the way of the spirit. En as jy kan, gaan lees een paar references waarna dit verwijs ook. Amal sy bybelse dees daar so dingetje in die middel wat sê, hierdie vers verduidelik daai vers en, en so. Gaan doen moeite en spandeer tyd in dit. The point I'm trying to make today. is very simple actually. We're all, well not all of us, but many, many are praying for revival. To come and to hit Namibia and to hit Africa. We're praying for this. Maar mag ek sê dat, I'm not praying for stadiums of people coming together and having a big massive thing and whatever, that's, that's good. That, 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 but that's not my prayer. My prayer is that we have a people that are solely submitted to the leading of the Spirit of God in all things. And that is consumed with the things that he is consumed for. Consumed with love. Consumed with, with his fruit. But even not for fruit's sake. <laughs> See, if there's a revival that we need, it's a revival of love. It's a revival where we say, waar ek eet en waar ek bly en wat ek doen en hoe ek my bills gaan betaal, I don't even care. I just want you. Because you are my life. You are my satisfaction. You, whatever, all the other good. See, it is so moeilijk for us om rarig toe te pas, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Because our flesh wants to seek the kingdom so that we can have food on the table. And then we're not seeking the kingdom. We're seeking the food through the kingdom. 
That makes God a prostitute. In our hearts. We're using Him for our benefits and our pleasure. So for me, revival is. Lord, can you rip our hearts and touch our hearts so that it's just you, just the Lord, nothing else. Nothing, Lord. I honestly, Lord, I don't, I don't believe I'm naive in praying this. How, how different our lives would be. if you were the sole reason for our existence. Oh. I'm asking you, Lord, once again, start with me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.